Welcome to Tripod, as the name suggests, a travel retail-themed podcast series in collaboration with the SIVA Group. I'm Martin Moody, and I'm delighted to welcome Roger Jackson, who, besides being today's guest, is going to join me as a co-host in future editions. Roger is Managing Director of Dubai-based the SIVA Group, IMEA, and Organico Solutions, the Dubai operation of the SIVA Group. He has a wealth of travel retail experience, much of it generated at global drinks giant Diageo, where he spent over 13 years. So, Roger, a very warm welcome. Thanks, Martin. Great to be here. Really looking forward to it. Great to have you here. Now, before we get started, Roger, and find out a bit more about you, Roger Jackson, the man, not just the businessman, I'm going to let our listeners into a little secret, for it was you that approached me about becoming involved with this podcast, not simply as a sponsor, but also actually co-hosting it. Tell me what triggered that interest. Um, I did, actually, Martin. It's true. Um, so I think a couple of years ago, I approached you, can, uh, TFWA CAN 2019, actually. And I think, you know, I was really lucky in my previous role to have, you know, an influx every year from our graduate program of new, fresh talent coming into Travel Retail. And I think there's a couple of things. I think the first thing is we forget that travel retail, you know, is so difficult to understand. And the reason it's more difficult to understand than a domestic business is most domestic businesses, you can go down to the high street and you can go and see where your product's sold. Uh, You can go and interact with consumers. You can go and pick up bottles on shelf or products. And it's quite easy to understand because you actually shop there or you consume there. So whether you're managing the on-trade or the off-trade, you know, you can actually go and see your products uh, being sold. And most probably you as an individual, uh, you know, do that on a weekly basis anyway. I think with travel retail, the challenge is if you've got a young account manager, say, working on D3, you know, three and a half thousand outlets, you know, the chances are they're never going to see more than probably about 1% of those outlets. And then to understand everything else in travel retail, whether that's border stores in Southeast Asia, whether that's airports in Africa, you know, whether that's the Middle East or, you know, the way the Russian business works or the European or the border stores in South America in Brazil, uh, the arrivals business in Brazil, the whole thing is so unique and very different to what most people have experienced. What I found personally when I came into travel retail a decade and a half ago is that it took me about three years to really understand things because people would walk around and just expect you understand these concepts. Like downtown GT3 doesn't exist in Europe. You know, so the chances are you've never experienced that. And actually downtown GT3 mainly is a you know Southeast Asia, Asia, you know, model. So it's things like that. And I'm hoping, and the reason I approached you, Martin, obviously you've got a um you know, a wealth of knowledge in travel retail and you've also got a platform. And I just thought, you know, the two of us could come together and hopefully demystify quite a lot of what's going in travel retail, talk about what's going on. But also, most importantly, you know, we're both lucky to have, you know, a lot of customers and a lot of friends in travel retail with great, great personalities. And I think because most of those in traditional media don't come across, very difficult, you know, in traditional media to get those personalities across. Uh, I just think this platform could do that. 
you know, well, as you say, we're going to be learning about some of the great characters in, in this series, the men and women of our industry, and sometimes outside our industry, I think, what drives them, who inspires them, what they do outside of work, what they listen to, what they read, where they love to travel, when they can travel, what the world will look like in the future. Um, so we're going to put some of that context around you, Roger. Tell us, if you will, just uh, set the ball rolling about your life journey. I did some research on LinkedIn. I got as far back as the Bradford University School of Management, and even before that, a place called Holy Cross College. Is that right? Tell me about that and where you grew up, moved on, and ultimately laid the groundwork for who you are today and where you are today. Yeah, I think, you know, quite a traditional uh, education. Um, joined Coca-Cola, did my degree with Coca-Cola, so essentially I worked and studied at the same time. Um, after being at Coke seven or eight years, I joined Diageo, domestic business, uh, off-trade and on-trade, and then a, a role came up in travel retail. Now, travel retail for me was just, I never even heard of it. Of course, I'd flown on holiday and you shop in duty-free, but I had no idea there would be a separate part of the organisation that would, you know, would run and manage that business. So I only really went over there because Paul Downing, um, who's one of the previous commercial directors uh, for Europe in travel retail, he went over there and I used to work for him in my previous role. He said, look, we, you know, do you fancy coming across? So I've ended up in travel retail completely by accident. And probably not fully, you know, through my own, you know, ambition. I've just ended up here. And then what I found here, like most people do, is a very infectious industry, highly family-owned, um, relationship-driven, um, you know, very, very fast-moving, um, yeah, insightful business, full of really good people, actually. And a decade and a half, I'm still here. You know, for the first 18 months, I was like, no, I'm going to move out of here very quickly. I'll go back into a domestic role. Uh, but there is a bit of an addiction uh, with travel retail. I think we see that in most organisations where you see people really wanting to stay in the industry. And that's what uh, why I'm still here. I enjoy it every day. And that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, I remember stumbling into it around 34 years ago in 1987 when I came over from New Zealand to England, and uh, I thought it was going to be a few months as well. In fact, I took a six-month contract with a publishing company to write their can issue, and uh, I'm still here all these decades later, just as I'm about to be pensioned off. So it is indeed an addictive industry. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, though, Roger. Um, you're married to, to Natalie and uh, your little daughter. Tell us about family life in Dubai, where you're based. Yeah, we love it here. I uh, originally came here with Diageo um, nearly four years now. I used to manage the travel retail business uh, for everywhere apart from Asia. Um, and I also managed the GCC domestic business at the same time, time out of here uh, as that reports into the travel retail team over at Diageo. What we found with Dubai, even though we've been here many times on holiday, just a great, diverse, safe place to live. So, um, when it came to setting up my own business, which you mentioned at the start, I uh, we moved back here. Uh, we love family life here. My daughter loves it here. My wife loves it here. And, you know, it just works for us. So, yeah, we're, we're really happy here, Martin. All right. Well, we'll touch on some of those personal subjects towards the end of the program. But in every edition of Tripod, we're going to take a particular issue or 
story that's featuring in the news around that time. Um, and today we're going to talk about trade shows and one in particular in Cannes. But firstly, of course, Roger, I've got to mention some travel re retail related news from the weekend. It was actually terrific news. And that was a success of Leicester City Football Club, who won the FA Cup for the first time in, I think, 137 year history. And that's brilliant news, of course, for one of the great retailers in our in our industry, King King Power. And there were great scenes at the weekend. I don't know if you saw the game, but lovely to see the, the King Power ownership going through some really good times because they've had some pretty tough times in recent years. Yeah, I watched the game. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Nothing against Chelsea, but for a club, you know, like Leicester to get that success, albeit they won the Premier League, you know, a few seasons ago now. But for them to get that success was unbelievable. And I think what I've seen in the press about the ownership, you know, literally every article was just talking about they're the type of owners we want in English football. And Martin is someone, I know you're not from the UK, but, you know, you've made it your home. Um, the UK aren't that great at accepting, you know, foreign ownership, whether it's football or any industry. And for that family um, to come into the club, and they haven't had it easy, as you said, there's obviously been tragedy as well, but they haven't had it easy. You know, they nearly got relegated the season before they won the Premier League. Um, for King Power to be so uh, um, in the people's affection, and I think you saw uh, Kasper Schmeichel sort of pulling the owner onto the pitch, you know, to lift the trophy. I think that said everything about um, that family. So, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic news and great for travel retail. And um, it, it was really nice to see. Yeah, it was lovely to see Quintop down there on the, uh, on the pitch and up above on a giant screen yeah. was a, a great image of Quinby Chai. Uh, rest in peace. I thought that was a really poignant moment. So I'm delighted for Top and Susan Whelan and all the great team at King Power. I mean, carrying on Kunvichai's legacy. You are listening to The Tripod with Roger and Martin. Okay, Roger, let's talk trade shows. As I mentioned a moment ago, we're going to talk about TFWA World Exhibition, which is just recently been shifted back a little to 24 to 28 October down on the French Riviera. Roger, do you believe the show should proceed this year? I do, Martin. I think it's got to. You know, obviously it didn't uh, happen last year for all the reasons we know. And I think it's got to happen. But I don't think, unfortunately, it's as simple as that. I think, you know, before we start, it's a complicated, emotive you know, conversation. Uh, everybody's got a different opinion and it's a really, really challenging conversation. I think for me, there's probably three elements to this that you've got to look at, um, whether, you know, what happens and how it goes ahead. I think the first one is we need a strong trade body in the TFWA. Um, for those who aren't close to the TFWA, the TFWA do some fantastic work, work for us on behalf of our industry. Um, they're our voice in many of these conversations. And for those who aren't close to it, you know, we have challenges with the World Health Organization at the moment regarding sale of alcohol and uh, cigarettes uh, in airports. You know, huge, huge lobbying required and conversations with governments um, and, and royal families are involved. So there's a lot of work that goes on in this. This isn't as simple as, you know, we run trade shows. 
There's lobbying on labeling in Africa. There's lobbying on labeling in South America. You know, essentially TFWA does the job that, you know, no one company or one retailer can do on their own. And this goes on 24-7. It's happening all the time. So I guess the first thing is we need a really strong trade body, which we do have in the TFWA. Um, and most of their funding comes from trade shows, you know, the four main trade shows we have in the year. So Orlando, uh, Singapore, Cannes, um, and obviously Medfa. Um, so it's really important that obviously that body carries on running as it does. And let's be honest, it needs, it needs funding to do that. So my first point is, yes, I think it should go ahead. And we really, really need the TFWA to do the important role that they, uh, they do in our industry. I think the second thing is, can people go and will they want to go? Um, I look at France, I looked in the paper this morning, you know, France is averaging about 17,000 cases a day. Yeah. Now with the TFWA moving the dates out, it gives obviously them another four weeks, so about five months from now, you know, to be able to get, you know, travel happening again at the moment. I think the challenge is, you know, we won't really know how, uh, I don't want to say how safe, but how possible it will be for people to travel by that point. You know, at the moment, as a UK, you know, citizen, but a resident in the in Dubai, I currently can't travel into my own country without a 10 day quarantine um, in a hotel, um, you know, essentially a uh, isolated hotel room for 10 days and then I'm allowed out. So I think we have it. The problem with this is you have to guess what you think will happen in five months. Now, the risk with COVID and what I've personally experienced is any guess I've had on what COVID is going to do, unfortunately, has been pretty you know, wrong. So I think the challenge is for people be able to be able to look at a date in October at the moment, whether that's a trade show or a holiday or anything else. I think it's really difficult at this point to be able to say, yes, I'm going to go and do that. and Let's get all of this going. The knock on effect with that, Martin, is most trade show stands at TIFWA. Um, you know, from a build cost, from a rent cost, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of euros or dollars. So the challenge is people, I don't think, will be readily able to say, yes, I can go and I'm going to do it. Um, and then you've got the other question is, will people want to? And I guess then that's down to personal choice. You know, our industry is all about travel and we have to champion getting traveling back as quickly as possible. Uh, but I think there's a big then secondary conversation with will actually people, you know, fly that. Um, and then I think the third point is, have people got the money? You know, brand owners, most of them are, you know, 80, 85% down versus 2019. Retailers the same, distributors the same. So the question is, are all those, you know, different individuals and companies able to actually afford to go, whether it's the cost of getting there or the actual cost of being an exhibitor. And that's a big question mark as well. You know, I've spoken to a lot of uh, brand owners myself and most of them are in the place, but we just can't do it. Um, most travel retail in, uh, parts of companies are about three or 4% of turnover. So if you take uh, you know, any of the sort of top 10 alcohol companies, travel retail broadly is 3 to 4% of their total global uh, operating income. Now, the challenge is, even optically, to then take your whole team to 
you know, the south of France in October after basically delivering a horrendous 24 months of performance when your your domestic colleagues have been hitting it out of the park because, as we know, in, you know, lockdown consumption, especially of alcohol, has increased and in many other categories. So the challenge is, you know, even optically, even if companies want to do it, I think there'll be, I think there'll be some uh, reservation there. So for me, Martin, um, to summarise, yes, we need it. I think from my perspective, and this is my personal view, and this isn't necessarily about uh, TFWA can, this would be the car show, this would be the film show. I think for anything at the moment, it is very difficult for anyone to be able to commit to something in four or five months' time, given the current climate. So for me, let's go ahead with it. Let's go virtual um, so that everybody can say, yes, we can sign up to that now. There's a cost to that. We can do. We start planning for that. And great, do you know if we get a bit closer over the time, we'll have to have some type of watered-down physical uh, show just to get people there, uh, lower cost. I think that's that would be the perfect sweet point. Um, I, I give praise to TIFF WA for moving it back. I think that's a solid decision, you know, to try and give this a chance of it happening. However, um, for me, um, you know, it's very difficult to commit to something like that without the knowledge of what the situation is going to be. So you've hit the nail on the head. They, as an organisation, face a huge conundrum and, and so do would-be exhibitors. And I have a fair bit of insight and sympathy to that situation. You know, we, we organise physical events or we did uh, traditionally, such as the Trinity Forum, very successful ones. And we had to pull them, call them all off last year. Uh, as you know, we went with a, a virtual expo format, which we are going to repeat this year. So I guess I might be accused of a conflict of interest here, but I, I don't see it as a conflict. Um, you know, we are we we too hope that the TFWA um, can hold a successful event this year. Your, your points about the organization are totally valid. And them succeeding is good for every stakeholder in the business, including including publishing companies like mine. But I think their conundrum is, is very difficult. You, you hit on the issue of perception. You hit on the issue of cost. Um, the issue of health is probably the greatest one of all. And corporate liability, I, I think, comes into it around that. I think the difficulty that TFWA and therefore the industry faces, Roger, is simply a lack of clarity now you've got to have sympathy for them because how can you give clarity when the situation is changing all, almost by the day three steps forward two steps back sometimes four steps back in terms of health situations all around the world you know the recent outbreak in singapore being a classic example so that is a conundrum in my view um, they would be best to go virtual i think that's uh, a, a, a more a more realistic option in a year such as this but you know i take your point that they are hanging hanging in there and maybe some kind of hybrid will be the end result do you think that's the most likely outcome of this roger i think martin look go hybrid get people signed up now because people can sign up for virtual get everyone signed up now and do you know something, if in eight weeks time, we're in a far better, clearer situation, which is a possibility. You know, I've just heard Vegas has opened up today with no social distancing. And if you've been vaccinated, no masks. 
whether I think that's personally the right thing to do or the wrong thing, being so close to India where I am at the moment, it's very difficult to see the two different worlds where we've seen horrific scenes in India. So um, go virtual, get everything, everyone signed up now. Let's get everyone committed um, to it. And then if we can get a physical element to the show, fantastic. You know, the thing you've got to throw in here, Martin, I'm not on the TFWA. Um, of course, we're members, but I, I'm not privy to any of those conversations. I'm sure there's some stuff in the background that, you know, you and I don't know, Martin, you know, whether it's insurance, you know, I, I don't know, whatever it could be, there could be all sorts of different things. So, and it's not right to speculate because I just don't know. So I'm sure there's other things going on there, but let's get the virtual element announced, um, get everyone signed up. Um, so there is some clarity. And then look, we'll just have to all move pretty quickly, which is what we're used to doing in this industry. Um, if we can do a physical element, and that physical element will have to be different versus 2019 or 2018. You know, we're not going to have probably trade show stands that, you know, cost half a million euros. Um, you know, but if we can get everybody signed up virtually and then do the uh, get a physical element later on, fantastic. But let's get commitment now that we all know it's happening. It's going to be virtual um, and everyone can commit to that. And then look, we'll have the physical element on. My view is going straight after the physical element, whilst I really respect the intent. Um, I think at the moment it's not, um, it's too difficult and, you know, too complicated to see if that can happen. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hear your suggestion loud and clear. I don't think that currently is the public pitch from the association. The public pitch is very much, we want something to happen and can and we're going to pursue a, a physical event. Now that pursuit will be supported by a virtual platform. I think it's called TFWA 365. And it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out uh, because I'm sure you're right. Some kind of hybrid solution um, is likely, I think, to be the outcome in an uncertain world. Well, let's see how it all pans out, Roger. Thanks for those comments. Well, yeah. we're going to close off this first edition by uh, just finding out a little bit more about you and what you like doing in your spare time, if you have any, because I know you work very hard at the SIVA Group. Um, and we're going to do that, Roger, by giving you a holiday. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give you a holiday on the desert island, in fact. Um, Natalie and Isabella are going to come with you, and we're going to give you a few creature comforts to take with you. I'm going to start with a piece of tech. What's it going to be? Ooh, I think I'm a bit of an Apple filed, uh, Martin. So anything by Apple, as long as you've got me some uh, power on the island. So if I've got a generator, anything Apple, unfortunately, because that's where most of my videos and films and uh, photos are. So I think that's what I'd go with for tech. All right. Now, of course, before you got on the desert island, we, we, we had to take you there and we went via a, an airport. Um, where we allowed you to pick up one duty-free item, what would it be? Uh, one duty-free item, I think it would have to be a nice bottle of Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich 15 Distillery Edition, travel retail exclusive. Um, my former colleagues are probably all shouting at me, why are you not uh, saying Johnny Walker? But uh, with the distributors of uh, William Grant, so I think uh, William Grant and Sons, so I think it's a Glenfiddich uh, Distillery Edition for me. Okay, and 
of course, to go into that duty-free shop, you you had to set foot on an airport. What's your what's your favourite airport, by the way, around the world? I'm pretty lucky, Martin, that I visited a lot of airports in the world. Um, and this is probably two answers. So my heart probably says DXB, Dubai, because it's my home. And arriving here or departing from here always brings a smile to my face. However, my head probably says Schiphol, so Amsterdam for those who haven't been. One of the most naturally lit airports, I think, you'll get in the world um really really nicely naturally lit airport and also secondly it's the only airport in the world where you can go and hide get your own space and not really see anyone if you don't want to it's more like a shopping mall uh lots of little nooks and crannies and for those of you don't know my special tip is there's actually a museum at skipple airport a ranks museum um, I'm sure there are museums at other airports. I think Delhi has one. I think Mumbai does as well. Um, but this is fascinating. Like, you know, Reich's paintings, for those who don't know, are exceptionally amazing paintings and very expensive. And they have a full museum there to go and see his work. So um, for those reasons, it's Schiphol. All right. And look, we've got you back on that desert island. And as we look to close out this program with a little bit of music, what music are you going to play on, on that uh, paradise island of yours, Roger? This is where I lose any credibility I had, Martin, if I had any before this. Um, probably Lionel Richie. Something by Lionel Richie, yeah. Definitely, I'm a big fan. I never took Roger Jackson for a Lionel Richie fan. So there you have it, folks. We told you we'd uncover some secrets from our guests. Well, well, well. Roger, it's been uh, great to be with you. You've got some exciting guests coming up in future issues. You and I'll be co-hosting this event. Uh, any clues you can offer us? Um, I think not yet. I think you know we'll uh, we'll announce the guests as we go along. But I think you know we're going to get a really wide, diverse guest list, both you know not just senior you know stakeholders, right throughout businesses. I think we just want really interesting characters who can actually bring insight. But the most important thing is we find out about them, uh, what makes them tick, uh, not necessarily in work, also out of work. We've got some exceptionally different characters in travel retail. I think uh, if we can use Tripod as that forum to get everybody on here, that would be my, uh, my goal anyway. Well, indeed. Well, we look forward to future editions. Roger, thank you for uh, supporting the initiative of tripod and for being with us today we look forward to seeing you in coming weeks see you soon thank you mr roger jackson cheers martin